1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Oh, g'day.
2: Thanks for pulling on the tin foil hats with me this morning. Conspiracy theories flying everywhere. Uh, the biggest talking point in sport right now in this city. Players being rested. Asked you yesterday if you were cool with it. And now the reality has sunk in. How does it sit with you? Got any issues? 131355 0467 736 7, 18 regular first graders missing from tomorrow night's blockbuster between the Broncos and the Storm. 13 of them rested. The others, like Adam Reynolds, are either injured or suspended. So, which theory do you subscribe to? Keep them fresh for the finals? Yeah, that's okay. Maybe make sure that they don't get HIAs that rule them out of the first week of the finals. Prevention better than cure. Well, the best one from yesterday: that the Broncos field a depleted team, so they finish second and don't have to play the Storm in Week One. Conspiracy theories everywhere. Uh, I read with interest this morning in the Courier-Mail, fans are filthy about paying to see Brisbane and Melbourne B teams. Is that you? Are you filthy at this? 13, 13, 55, they're the digits you need to have cleared the board. The open line is there for you. Text as normal, 0467 736 736. Are you filthy or do you actually see it as good management? Managing your team because we know that the ultimate prize comes on the first day of October. So does it really matter what you do doing around 27? As I said yesterday, I don't like it. It doesn't sit comfortable with me because you always want to strive to win, right? Now, it's not saying that the teams they are putting out tomorrow or over this weekend won't be striving to win, but are you giving your club the best possible chance by resting the biggest names? I don't like it. But I get it. So, what's the fix? Is there a way of preventing this from happening? Should we prevent it from happening? What would you do? 1313550467736736. I know I bagged the AFL buy yesterday, <laughs> not just yesterday. I, I, I'm just not a fan of it. I, I think if you're going to have a buy, for finals, it should be before the grand final, the, the, the showpiece. Make sure everyone's okay and ready to rock before the biggest game of the year. They say the finals is a brand-new competition. Well, sure, it is, but still, it's about how you've gone through the season and that war of attrition. But having a bye before the finals, does that solve the problem? I actually reckon it would create more problems. Because you need to have something to supplement on that week off for the broadcasters and the fans. What would you show? What would you have? You can't just have nothing. I know the NRLW's up and running, but that doesn't replace eight games a week, does it? Hmm. I see the editor of the Courier Mail threw up that wild card round. That could be played in that finals bye week. At seven and eight are playing off with those who finished nine and Ten. To figure out who takes the final two spots in the top eight, would you be a fan of that? The wild card round? The big thing I want to know, though, is what do we expect tomorrow night? The Broncos' back line is still pretty handy. You've got Corey Oates, he's played State of Origin 200 games. Tristan Saylor's at fullback, we've seen what he's done when he's pulled on the Broncos' jersey. Oh, you got Jesse Arthurs, you got Jock Madden. Uh, it's a handy backline, But who's the conductor? The Broncos number six jersey is the most prestigious and probably the most famous jersey in Queensland. Lewis, Walters, Lockyer, Icahn. They've all worn it. Now it's going to be filled by Josh Rogers. Josh who? Let's find out a bit more about him and what Broncos fans can expect tomorrow night. Matthew Head is Josh's head coach at Wynnum. Uh, Matt, very good morning to you. Josh Rogers, what can you tell us about him?
3: Yeah, morning. What an exciting uh, week it's been for Josh to—he uh, kicked the field goal in extra time for us in the first elimination semi-final on Sunday, and then uh, a couple of days later, finds out he's going to be making his NRL debut and. As you said, to, to play with the Brisbane Broncos, to play your first ever game and against Melbourne Storm, um, what a night it's going to be for him. He's a very controlled uh, young footy player and oh, he's probably not young in his age, but um, his experience in NRL he
2: certainly is. But um, it's an exciting week for him and uh, can't wait to watch him play. Matt, what, what type of player is he? Uh, running game, kicking game? What's his pass like? Yeah, well, he's, he's all that. He's um, he's a very controlled footballer, and um,
3: that's probably what you need at the NRL level. Not much phases him. Um, he's quite quiet um, with his approach to a lot of things, but um, he's, he's, his biggest strength certainly his running game, and um, it's something that we always talk about each week with him of, about making sure that that's uh, that's on, and he brings that to the game. But he's got a nice little short pass, um, and his kicking game is is quite controlled as well. So. He'll certainly do a job for the Broncos, and, and that's why he's been picked. Obviously, uh, they're resting a few players, but you can't rest players unless you've got the next one ready to go. And um, Josh has had a great season for us here at Wyndham Seagulls, and um, he's ready for, the, ready for the occasion, and I'm sure he'll do a very good job.
2: Uh, the defence is always, it doesn't matter what number uh, you've got on your back, defence is always big, but especially when you are playing in the halves, you're going to be a target for the edge, aren't you? What's he, what's he like in, in that role?
3: Yeah, he's all good. He's a big body, so he's certainly going to, um, you know, his, his shape and his body size is certainly going to help him in that sense. He's not a little fella where they can pick him out and target him. Um, he'll, he'll stand in front of him and he'll make his tackles. Um, you know, he'll turn. It's his first first game of NRL, so he's going to have a lot of adrenaline about him. And
1: yeah.
3: um, he's a strong boy. He'll, he'll get the job done defensively. There's no concerns there. And again, as I said, you, you don't get picked in NRL unless you're uh, you've got the ability to do it.
2: Well, Matt, as, as his coach at a club level, obviously you're in his ear each week giving him instructions, what to do, how to do it, how to play. What what do you say to him, even though you're not technically going to be his coach this week, what do you say to him about that adrenaline, about those nerves, about stepping into the elite arena?
4: Yeah,
3: well, they're, they're, the, they're the traits that Josh already has. He, he doesn't let a lot of that stuff get to him anyway. And um, I, I don't think him playing NRL early will change. Um you know, he's a controlled, patient, calm person. Um, that's how he goes about his day-to-day business. So I don't think playing that occasion is going to um, upset him anyway. And, and he's getting to play with a few players that he's played. He's uh, Queensland Cup with, Jock Madden. He's played with the last few weeks here at Winter Manley And he's got DeLuise Hoyter, who's been his tenor here at the Seagull. So he's got some familiar faces around him. He's playing at Suncorp Stadium against Melbourne Storm. Um, no better place to make you debut and. Um, yeah, we're just all excited from, from our club's point of view to, to see a player like Josh make his NRL
2: debut. And, and that's the good thing, isn't it, Matt? I mean, we're, we're talking about some of the, the, the negatives, perhaps not having the best players out there, but this is giving an opportunity to players like Josh. And, and you have a look at who he's lining up against too. There, there'll be a lot of familiar faces from Q Cup because Melbourne have dipped into the Falcons. They've dipped into East. Uh, there's going to be a bit of familiarity about it from who he's playing with, but also against.
5: Yeah,
3: absolutely, and you know it's NRL football, so as I said earlier, like you don't get picked in that arena if, if you can't do it or you've got no ability to do it. So all these guys that are getting picked um, deserve to be there. Yeah, um, it's obviously not, it's not as good as a spectacle as maybe the fans were hoping to see with your pain asses and things like that. But you get to have a look at, a little look at the future, and these guys um, have worked hard, trained hard. It's been their dream all their lives to play in this. Uh, this position of an NRL game and um, yeah, it's exciting for people like ourselves who have had something to do with these players to watch them on the big stage and I'm excited to go out to Suncorp Stadium and watch you.
2: Yeah, excellent stuff, mate. We will be looking forward to that. Just one final one to you too, though, Matt. Um, Do you you get robbed a little bit, Wynnum, this week for for not having um, those players like, like Josh lining up for you?
3: Yeah, we certainly do. Look, we've got a
2: great partnership with the Broncos and, um, I suppose the
3: good thing with our semi-final this week, we're playing against uh, South Magpies. That have they're in the same position with their Broncos players. So yeah, it's it, it hurts us, but in a way where we put a group together with at Wynnum Seagulls to uh, get a job done. And now it's um, an opportunity for all our players to to go out there and get a game of footy. And it's semi-final footy for us, and we're excited. And uh, we get to watch our boys play Thursday night in NRL, and then we'll go and get it done on Saturday.
2: Celebrate, celebrating the exciting times indeed, mate. Appreciate your time. It's been a busy week. It's going to be an even bigger week uh, coming into uh, the, the finals uh, for yourself and also the final round for the NRL. Matthew Head, the hedge co- head coach out at Wynnum, just to give us an idea of Josh Rogers. Josh who? If you haven't followed the Q Cup closely... This is going to be the first chance, not only of seeing Josh, but many of these players lining up for the Broncos and the Melbourne Storm tomorrow night at Suncorp. Are you going? 13,1355. 736, 736. If you are going, if you've bought your ticket, if you're one of it, look they're talking a sellout or only single seats being available now. As you would expect for a Broncos Melbourne Storm blockbuster, what are you expecting? Are you excited about seeing the next gen, about seeing, well, you can't really call them baby Broncos. It's not like Origin has depleted Brisbane. It's by their own hand. And I say depleted because, yeah, you've got the best part of 18 players from the Storm and the Broncos collectively who'd be regular starters, sidelined. You okay with that? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Troy on the text has said it is great, man. Management yet have to look at the bigger picture. I'll take a Bronco premiership over a Thursday night victory every day of the week. Troy, thank you. Matt's out of race view. Geez, we're a nation of whingers. I'm still happy to go along to the game, knowing there are depleted lineups. I'd be even happier if the Broncos are in Sydney on the first Sunday in October. Uh, Maddie, thank you. Thank you for the text. Do you agree? So, yeah. We, we read this morning in the Courier Mail, or is this just a headline? Is this just clickbait? The fans are filthy. You told me yesterday you're okay with this. And I get the feeling that the majority of you are or if you bought your ticket, do you want the money back? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Atmos, thank you. Um, your text. Ben, reading really these late changes, I can only imagine Patty hurling the remote if he'd backed a horse on Friday, only to hear the trainer Saturday morning saying the horse will, yeah, need the run, and he's done his kangaroo cult. Yeah, exactly right. Well, it's I guess it's not late changes. I mean, this was flagged. These are the teams that. They have nominated on a Tuesday. Late changes late in the season. That's a fair chance. Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Got a family pass to night one of the MBL preseason blitz on the Gold Coast, which kicks off uh, in the middle of September. So it's about two weeks away. Uh, it's the preseason comp for the MBL Gold Coast. They're talking about that's right, 16 20 a.m. They're talking about maybe even getting a team back in the MBL there. But that'd be a good idea. reason I mention this, Nathan Sobey, friend of the show, he's part of the next three hours. We'll talk to him about the Bullets chances, but also the boomers who are back in contention at the World Cup. They had their hiccup against Germany, but they were emphatic last night against the host nation. They shut down Japan. Uh, We'll find out from Nathan Sobe his take on that. And if he's gone to the movies to watch himself, what? Yeah, Rose Gold, the doco on the boomers last time they were in Japan, Tokyo and the Olympics. Nathan Sobe was part of that and they've made a movie around it. Have you been to see it? What did you think? 13, 13, 55, 0467 736 736. We're off and running on a Wednesday morning. 17 minutes past nine. 20 degrees right now in the River City. We're heading for a top of 25. The Bureau of Meteorology
1: says there may be a shower, maybe even a storm later. Host this Plus time. has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings, Mornings with ben Davis, ben Davis on SENQ. On SENQ.
2: Uh, 22 minutes past nine. Some breaking news coming out of Flushing Meadows. Finally, an Aussie victory today. It's been slim pickings for the Australians. But the Demon, Alex Demonor, has got through in four sets against Tim Skatov from Kazakhstan. We'll get an update from Bet Phillips on the Flushing Meadows uh, campaign of the Aussies and the others in action today. Day two, uh, which will continue to roll on. We'll bring you updates as the day continues. Just looking here on the tweet machine. Uh, Josh, thank you for yours. uh, Mornings at SENQ is where you'll find us. He said, Ben, I'll be heading to Suncorp tomorrow night. It's Broncos members round. Wouldn't miss it, even if it is Q Cup players. The combinations at club level will be more than fine. If Brisbane win... They win the minor premiership. Imagine the confidence that puts into the boys. So there we go. very happy member heading to members round four, the Broncos. 13, 736, 736 And now,
1: time for Ben's snap judgment.
2: At 10 days ago, I went to the Echo with the kids, and I am now more than convinced than ever that the Ecker should be hosting. Should be hosting the Bronco, uh, the Lions, and the cricket when the Gabba gets rebuilt. Yeah. It's, it's a Brisbane institution and it should be hosting Brisbane institutions. Insert the first test, insert the Lions here. It's your choice. 131355 0467 736 736. This is a no brainer, right? The Gabba should be rebuilt and not be redeveloped that is an opinion that is counting because this time last week one of the biggest arguments to one of brisbane's biggest arguments was dropped and it almost went unnoticed did, did you catch it about the gabba needing to be raised not Renault? Because when you and I were talking this time last week, some of the country's most powerful people were in town and they were questioning our sporting future, our city's future. And the answers they got to those questions, well, they should have been enough to shut down every doomsayer in southeast Queensland about hosting the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games. The Senate Inquiry, Into Brisbane hosting the games, normally it was a yawn fest. Politicians talking to administrators and other politicians. (sighs) But there were some nuggets of gold to come out of it. Two of them, in fact, that piqued my interest, and so it should pique yours. And it came from the same man, a bloke called Mike Kaiser. He's a political heavy hitter here in Queensland, has been for decades. And right now, he is the Director-General of State Development Infrastructure. Big fancy title, but he is basically up to his neck in what's happening with Olympic venues and redevelopments of the Gabba. It was reported in The Australian that the Kaiser Chief told the Canberra Lynch mob that knocking down and rebuilding the Gabba is the best value for money and holds less risk your money my money taxpayers money are you happy it's being spent on rebuilding the gabba it's not only my question to you today but it's been the question i've been asking you for at least the last 12 months 1313550467736736 13, you should be happy because it is the best bang for buck a, a refurb So we're told, in the Senate inquiry, by those who hold the numbers, a refurb, a reno of the GABA, would cost $2.2 billion. A full demolition and rebuild, which is the option approved, would cost $2.7 billion. This is according to an independent report by global architecture and design firm Populous. The government looked at four options around the GABA and decided on the value for money one. Good. I would have thought if you're making options like this, I'm tipping you'd be picking value for money, right? Bang for buck. The cheapest of the four options was $2.2 billion. So there is a half billion dollar difference and that's not to be sneezed at, $500 million difference. But a Renault or a refurb, that would have denied the opportunities to integrate into the surrounding community, creating legacy benefits. Jeez, it sounds like political speak, doesn't it? Oh well, no, it doesn't. This is about transforming the Gabba precinct. This is, this is the South Bank of this generation. That's effectively what we're talking about here. We're not talking about just a stadium. We're talking about the entire precinct bringing it alive, transforming it into an urban centre, into a place that attracts people, attracts business and builds the economy. That's what knocking the entire joint down and rebuilding again would pertain. A refurb, which I know many of you told me on this program, a refurb of the Gabba, it carries greater greater risks and greater risks to cost blowout. It ever renoed your house? Plenty of risk, Right? As you add things to an existing structure and then take things away from it, it changes the construction, it changes the shape, it changes the plans, and we know that every change blows out costs. That's why they went for the knockdown option. You happy with that, the way that they're spending your money? Knocking down the GABA rather than redeveloping it or refurbing it? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. In about ten minutes' time, I'll be speaking to the Lions CEO because they have a fair bit of skin in this game. We've already spoken to Queensland Cricket about this because they're the other main player, the other main tenant of the Gabba. What happens when it gets knocked down? Where do they go? What options are on the table? Uh, the Lions take on that very, very shortly. But right now, your money is being spent. Regardless, how would you like it spent? They're going to knock down the Gabba. That's the first nugget of gold to come out of this Senate inquiry, which did float under the radar last week, that the best value for money was knocking down the Gabba. Rebuild rather than renovate. The other zinger, the other knockout punch delivered by the Kaiser chief, Canberra actually knocked back funding redevelopment not a cent is coming from the feds it will be paid for by queenslanders and queenslanders only upgrading the gabba why i touched on it before because the request was to be part of a project that was urban renewal it was more than just a stadium it would go beyond the olympics so for those who argue that this is just a two-week sporting event it couldn't be further from the truth. And now we see it in black and white. And we have the decision makers telling those with the purse strings why. It's about transforming the city. It's about renewing a Gabba precinct. It's about transforming the footprint of this city and leaving a legacy and leaving, leaving a lasting impression on this city for the next two, three, four generations. Do you need any more proof? Well, the AOC the Australian Olympic Council, they said they didn't need a Gabba upgrade to hold the Games. What did, what did McCarroll Carroll say? Just need a lick of paint and we can put the Games on. He was grilled about this. He was grilled about his controversial call about that. And he said that the reconstruction of the Gabba is for AFL and cricket, both before and after the Olympic Games. So it's not about a two-week sporting event. It's the trigger, it's the deadline, it helps, but it's about improving a city, its facilities and its ability to attract and to host big events. Everything from the first test to concerts and you name it, everything else in between that you'd have at a stadium and would have at a precinct like the Gabba. Look at South Bank and what it's done for this city. This is South Bank 2.0 which now brings me back to the ecker the upgrade needed there would transform the rna it's already being transformed we know there's a train station there who's caught the train to the ecker yeah plenty of us have of course but we haven't this year have we no couldn't do that cross river rail is landing right there taking Mackenzie and rafferty around the ecker 10 days ago and pointing out that this is where the heat could be playing Pointing out where the lines could be playing, the sense of wonderment, the sense of joy, looking around at a, well, something that held such a dear part of their life, the Ecker. It brings out the big kid in all of us, right? Well, especially for the kids. It's more than showbags and rides now that their favourite sport could be played there. The Ecker is a Brisbane institution. The showgrounds are a Brisbane institution. So surely a Brisbane institution should be the place to host Brisbane Institutions like the first tests of the summer, like the Lions. Sure, seating needs to be upgraded. To what? To what size? I was actually shocked to find out that the official capacity, the RNA, the ECHA, was 25,000 right now as it stands or sits on the hill. It is central, it opens up the precinct of King Street, it would unlock another untapped part of this city, that Bowen Hills precinct. When was the last time you were there besides the ECHA? Again, it's about growing this city. It's about transforming it. We are the biggest and fastest growing place in this country and we need the infrastructure to suit. So right now, I'm more than convinced that the venue for the Lions and cricket when the Gabba is redeveloped is the ECCA. You on board? 13 13 55 736 736. Get to your call straight after this news hit from Vanessa. Ah, oh, Slam and Sam, one of the best. Yeah, Freddie Mercury, Queen at Wembley Stadium for Live Aid. Imagine that at the Gabba. Oh, well, if they redevelop it, when they redevelop it, it's exactly what's on the cards. Uh, Dave at Woody Point, he may have a different take on this. Dave, a very good morning to you. You know, Ben, ben I believe there's two other
6: options. One, a lot of people have mentioned before, the Kiri 2 Stadium sitting there doing nothing. Um, it's just doing little things, but it could be redeveloped. Less than what the Gabber is. And the other option, I believe, that's got a train station. It's very close to the airport. It's redeveloped the Turnbull Shopping Centre complex. Make sure it's mudproof, but they've got that huge area for a station.
2: Turnbull Shopping Centre, so knock it down. Well, I mean, it's going to be knocked down anyway. And what? Put uh, put a stadium there.
6: Yeah, and and a track. And, and But with the QE2, it's already got a track and field there, and it's got a got a practice track. Yeah. They just have to upgrade it. They've got to upgrade it. It holds fifty thousand people. Um and not not get partly down or whatever they've got to do to it at a lesser cost than the GABA. And I believe this whole GABA thing is to do with the the um, under the river rail is what's all about this cross river rail. And and mm. uh Siri yeah, it doesn't have a train station but it's got buses. They can on the freeway for each each morning or one lane of the freeway to get people out there. But, but the term for Shopping Centre complex, close to the airport, has a train station and you can get buses too. And probably you've got the tunnel that you can close and use.
2: And get into. Dave, it's an interesting point you make. I'll give you my take on that very shortly. But we're going to get to a break now because on the other side of that, a man who has some massive skin in the game, the Lions CEO, Greg Swan, on the, well, where they're going to go uh, when the
1: Gabba gets knocked down. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
2: Well, and Sam, geez, you, you're skating on thin ice playing Port Adelaide, singing Never Tear Us Apart and their fans at the Adelaide Oval. I've got to say, though, it, it's the only good thing coming out of Port Adelaide. That, uh, Other than that, we are sworn enemies, especially when it comes to the first week of AFL finals. That is next Saturday at the Gabba. We cannot wait for this. It's the only team still remaining that the Brisbane Lions have not beaten. Uh, They have got a big week before that, including tonight where the Hall of Fame is underway. It's only the second time ever outside of Melbourne. The Brisbane Lions Hall of Fame uh, will be held and it doubles as a 20-year reunion for the class of 2003. The 3 Pete, A man who's got the glad rags out. He's polishing the shoes. He's ready to fire up for tonight. Is on the line. He is the CEO of the Lions, Greg Swan. Swan, Swanee, very good morning to you. Got everything ready in store for tonight?
7: Yeah, no, you're right. We've been... uh... You yeah, know quaffing the hair and getting everything organized, so it'll be a big night, yeah, it's a bit bit dangerous with the twenty year reunion. so um <laughs> nearly nearly everyone's in town, which is great, like um, so yeah, I think yeah nearly all bar one, maybe vossi's the only one that couldn't make it, obviously with the Carlton in the
4: yeah
7: in the finals he's uh he's sort of got some stuff happening there, and they play next Thursday, so it's even know, yeah, they're sort of um. That's understandable, but yeah, it's going to be a great night and obviously there's some people being inducted into the Hall of Fame and that's always a, a great event and, and, and even a couple of elevations into legend status. So yeah, it's, it'll be a great night.
2: It gives and sets up a, a really nice synergy coming into uh, uh, this finals round. I mean, 20 years since the Brisbane Lions team have, have lifted a trophy and probably since that time, Greg, you'd have to think we're, we're, we're primed to, to do it again. Yeah, well, look, I mean,
7: we've certainly given ourselves the best chance we've had for a while. Like, you know, I know we've been top four in other years, but, you know, to be sort of second and to have the potential to have the two home finals, I mean, that's, you know, we haven't lost at home this year. And obviously the opposition will always be saying there's the first time for everything, but it does give us a, you know, a, a bit of a head start being able to play at home. And, you know, we've, I think face talked about, you know, we you do travel a lot as an interstate club and so even to be able to stay at home with our last game and even this week we're at home and then, you know, hopefully we win and we stay home. Like, that's probably a five or six week block that you don't have to travel which is, at this time of year, after 24 rounds, uh, you know, that's of an advantage as well. So there's a whole lot of things that stack up well for us but, you know, on the day, we've got to turn up. Port Adelaide's had a great season. Uh, one state there, they won 13 games in a row so, you know, they're not, they're not easy beats by any stretch, so it's going to be it's going to be on on um, on, on Saturday week. But yeah, hopefully you know we can get through that and, and set ourselves up to keep going um, to get to the big dance.
2: Swanee, you're flying on field and off field as well. This is the most successful year the Brisbane Lions have had. Fifty two, actually, you can give us an update. Fifty two thousand plus members at last count. Have more jumped on board since making the finals?
7: Yeah, we have. We actually have had some more because, um, obviously, if you're a member, you get guaranteed finals tickets. So um, <laughs> there's a bit of, work- of work that out, and um, we've jumped on. I think we're about fifty-four thousand now, so wow. thereabouts. So yeah, it's been huge for us. And yeah, last year we had forty-two thousand. So yeah, it's been been massive. And as you said, you know, corporately, the tickets went on sale yesterday. I think there's only restricted view left for uh non members. So all the members got their tickets yesterday. Um we've sold all the corporate boxes and suites out. So yeah, look, I'll feel and look, there's no doubt it helps when you're winning. People want to come and watch and uh but you know, this is this has had a bigger take up yesterday than our final against Richmond uh last year. So yeah, it's pretty um pretty amazing considering, you know, Port Adelaide aren't as big a drawing club as, as Richmond are, but yeah, you know, it's, it's it's another indication that most of our stadium now are Brisbane people. You know, we don't need the opposition to fill it. We can fill it ourselves, which is, which is where we've always wanted to get to.
2: Well, Greg, we, we then quickly turn our attention to 54,000. You can't fit them in the Gabba right now. You can't fit all of them in. But but when when you don't have the Gabba as a home, I'm tipping that has got to be a massive consideration to, to where you fit them yeah. all and where, where you end up.
7: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think the two you know uh, venues that we're looking at and talking to government about is obviously here where we are now, at Brighton Homes Arena, or R&A at the Showgrounds. Um, and neither of those can fit, you know, can cater for a big, you know, big crowd. So we're probably in the low twenties no matter where we go. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real challenge for us because you know the success of the club. Uh, has meant that that's right you know we've got all those members now and corporate support and everything else and that's going to have to um well it'll probably be be, you'll end up a little bit like Geelong where you get 500 people from the opposition in and the rest is your own members so not a bad um, thing yeah no that won't be bad (laughs) but that's sort of where we'll have to go because you're right we can't fit everybody in and it doesn't matter where we play uh that's going to be an issue for us but look you know we it's one of those, it's sort of like a nice problem. It's going to be a problem for sure, and it's probably going to last about four years, but on the back of that, we'll walk into a brand new 55,000-seat stadium, and um, you know, with all our membership and the growth in the club, we're hoping that we can build that when we get mm. back into it. So we're going to have that sort of holding period. Uh, we will do our best to sort of try and keep in touch with members and maybe you know rotate around who comes and who doesn't. We haven't really got into that detail, but... It's going to be a challenge for us, but yeah, it's just it's it's just it's just how it is. So we're just going to have to suck it up and get on with it.
2: What's at the top of the list? The the main priority for, for you, Greg, and, and for the Lions uh, about when you sit down with the government and talk about where the the next place should be. What's what's your main priority in picking or selecting there?
7: Yeah. yeah, probably how many people we can get in it, and um, you know, like to, yeah, and just the ease of how. Um, yeah, you know, how they can get in from from a grandstand point of view, whether it's standing room, whether it's grandstands, whether it's seats, whether it's you know what what does the venue look like and what what can you do to make it um yeah you know, really comfortable and things like that. So it's more about yeah, it's it's probably about the game day experience and what that looks like and and how many people we can get in. They're they're probably the two main things at the, at the minute. Yeah. I'm a massive... You're in it too. There's a whole whole lot of other stuff. Like if I I do the checklist, you know, like broadcast facilities, it's the the players' facilities, the the change rooms, there's a whole heap of stuff there that you've got to sort of go through um, to tick off. But in the main, it's it's probably going to be around how many can we get in there? And, and, you know, what's what's the corporate capacity? What's the members' capacity? You know, what that balance looks like. Um, You know, facilities around the venue. You know, can we have... Uh, things out, you know, off-site and then bring people into the game. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting discussion at the moment. And, and we're sort of a little bit in lockstep with cricket because cricket are in the same position as us. Um, yeah. You know, they'll, they've got some other venues, luckily for them, that they can play at, you know, down at um uh, Not Metro, it's called now, Heritage Bank. Yeah. Um, you know, they can probably take some... Games to the regions. We're a little bit hamstrung with that, but plus we don't, we certainly don't want to be playing down at Heritage. But um, so yeah, that's that's sort of one of the challenges we've got.
2: Greg, the way I see it, and we, we spoke to your counterpart from Queensland Cricket a couple of weeks ago. They were obviously pushing the barrow for Albion, their backyard, their their home base, and yep. I, and I get that, and that's and I can obviously see why you're pushing for Springfield as well. But the the one that lands in the middle. That would tick for everyone's boxes. Would be the RNA. Would be the ECA.
7: Yeah, well, and, that, and that's why it's on the table. I mean, it's sort of, um,
4: you know, it, it,
7: there's some work being done now about what it would cost to bring that up to speed. I mean, you know, when you go there for the ECA the other week, it's it's pretty tired. <laughs> it's yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done on it to bring it up to a state. But you know, it's certainly got the fundamentals there, and then. And so the legacy piece for cricket and ourselves is obviously to fix the places where we're at. Well, when I say fix them, make them bigger and bolder so that you can hold footy. But, you know, there's also the Olympics factor that comes in because mm. I think um, r and needs to be upgraded for the show jumping. So, you know, yeah. So there's a whole look, it's it's happening, but it's, you know, we're hopeful that we can get a decision by the end of the year. That's sort of where everyone's working towards it. But as i said it's been you know really cordial good good relationships good chats um everybody sort of now has put their cards on the table and the government's you know going to assess what the best options are and you know ultimately they'll they've got the checkbooks so they'll make the decision but um yeah it's been good been good discussions and every, as i said everyone's put their cards on the table so now we can sort of work through what the best options are
2: do you have a timeline
7: yeah by the end of the year we'll have we'll have something organised we think
2: November, hopefully November-ish. You'll need to, won't you? Because if whatever yeah. whatever happens, you yeah, need no, shovels in to to the be, ground, right. don't you?
4: <laughs> you Correct. need to start building. Correct, it.
7: and it's hard, and it's hard to get that happening at the moment because there's so much development happening that you know, even to find builders. And and you're right, you know, just to get things happening by for us, the start of 2026 season. Um, it'll be honest before we know it. So yeah, we need we do need a decision by the end of the year.
2: Swanee, we wish you all the best coming into the finals. I wish you all the best surviving tonight too. And uh, I know Simon Black said (laughs) yesterday to me, he said, I'd probably steer clear of That That's just me. He's confident at the best of times with a couple of beers under his belt. He's he's the one that I don't want to knock
1: into.
7: (laughs) Well, they're always probably a little bit, the ones that I speak to are always a little bit wary about Pikey. They just sort of make sure that Pikey's... uh, (laughs) Drinking lights,
2: they said. That'll be good if that happens. Mate, thanks for coming on the show. That'll be good. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll be cheering you you on, uh, obviously, throughout the final series. Greg Swan, the CEO of the Brisbane Lions.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
2: Quiet, quiet. The head doesn't show. Mike Tyson. Shh. This is so my favorite part coming up right now. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh slam and same was quick. Uh- <laughs> Just listening to Vanessa's news there about downtown Karachi and and, and and how the lion escaped from a private car, sending mayhem on the street. It's Surely that's Mike Tyson, Stu and Alan and the tiger from that hangover, right? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, where do we go from here? Malmaninga standing by 1313.55. Kevin 736. 7, Was it a convertible, do you think? Do you think the lion scratched through the roof and then started running a among- Uh, Okay, let's have a look here. Lining them up on the text line uh, before we get to Mal on a Wednesday. uh, Adam says, the Gabba must be rebuilt. It's due and needed not only for the Olympics, but for the future of cricket, AFL, concerts, any events for Brisbane. Knock it down, make it modern, amazing and perfect for our city. Adam, yes, uh, get on board, I say. This one, no number, 491 is what it ends in. Uh, so no name, sorry, but the number 491. Uh, Gabba has been rebuilt a number of times. Knock it down. Remember they ran the greyhounds there? The whole Gabba area needs a lift. Yes, the South Bank of this generation. That's exactly why the federal government wouldn't put money into it. It's why the states, you and I with our stamp duty, and uh, what else do we pay to the state? Plenty. Yeah. Uh, that's where it's going. It's going to rebuild the Gabba. We're doing it alone because it's about an urban renewal project. It's not just about a two-week sporting event. It's not just the stadium. It's everything around it. Uh, it, Like our caller Dave from Woody Point said, he did say, it's all about Cross River Rail. Well, well, yeah, yeah, Dave, it is. Because the Cross River Rail is there, it is the gateway and the driveway to the Gabba. Because no one drives to Stadia anymore, do they? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, Mal, a very good morning for, uh, to you. We have got our tin hats on today, our tin foil hats, because there's a lot of conspiracy theories flying around about teams resting their star players, what it means. Is it just to freshen up for the finals or is it actually got something to do with maybe the Broncos not winning the minor premiership and not having to face Melbourne in the first week of the finals? How do you see it, mate? How do you think? <laughs> actually, oh. no, let me put it to you. As a coach, would you rest players in this situation?
5: Absolutely, if they need to be rested and uh, their bodies are struggling, you know, week in, week out, which is, you know, at the back end of the year, that's very, very common. Um, yeah, I would be. I would be. If they have the slightest niggles that um, that's going to prevent them from playing at their best, i will be resting them for sure.
2: Okay. What about momentum, though, heading into the finals? Isn't that important?
5: Yeah, but you can get that at training. I, I, I've, momentum's a, a much-used term, there's no doubt about that, but, you know, um, someone like... Newcastle, who you know have got momentum, that'd be good to to keep momentum going for that club because they're down the down the bottom of the ladder. Um, but teams in the top four, I think, you know, if I'm a co- I'm coaching them, I would be resting as many players as I possibly can. If I can't, if you know, the result, if we do lose, obviously, if the result um, doesn't doesn't um, sort of prevent us from playing you know at home the week the week after
2: mm. yeah man management over momentum where does it sit for you 13 13 55 hey Mount Greg's out at Lawnton and he's jumped on the uh, jumped on the line Greg good morning to you what's made you pick up the phone
8: yeah I'm, I'm just ringing up to ask a question um, if the players from Melbourne and Brisbane were fit enough would you back them up on the weekend for the Queensland Cup size like like they do in the origin?
5: In, in, uh, that's a good yeah. good question, Greg. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, but it just yeah, if the players need to to keep momentum going. Um, uh, so this is an individual thing too. Yeah, Ben and Greg, you know. So from a from a team perspective, um, like I said before, top four teams, uh, I'll be arresting players as uh, particularly if they needed it. Um, if there's if they've been injured, you know, I th- I think yeah, um, you could probably play them because. Um, obviously, there will be room for in the top team, but obviously, if there's other, other um, opportunities to play them down in the, in the hosts plus cup, uh, that will be good as mm. well. So it just comes down to the individual needs, I reckon, Ben. It's not, and Mal, Greg, I'm, not, yeah, I might be anything wrong. Anything else on... but that? Really, it's no conspiracy.
2: No, <laughs> Mal, I, I reckon uh, Mal, uh, Greg's Greg's dropped off the line now, but I reckon I reckon he may, I reckon he may have been asking whether the. The, the Q Cup players who are playing up in the NRL, say on Thursday night, yes. should they go back and play for their, like the Wynnum Souths and the Falcons this weekend with two or three days break, like you would back up from an origin? Oh, I think that's where he was getting
5: at. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, no, or yeah. That's, if that's the case, I would. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that's the first thing I, I thought of, to be honest with you, Ben. First thing I thought of is obviously the... The Sunshine Coast Falcons obviously, yeah. you know, playing this weekend as well, um, what happens to that team, uh, but the problem, the problem with that is that they've already announced their team, <laughs> so, you know, so uh, you announce your teams and I'm not quite sure what the protocols are, but if you've got players that are fit and healthy after, you know, playing on Thursday um, and they're fit to go, well, yeah, I'd ask them to play, uh, definitely.
2: Uh, Mal, it is a big weekend. Obviously, we get the top eight decided as well. The minor premiership will get decided too between uh, well, it's out of the Broncos and, and the Panthers. We thought the Panthers may do the same and, and rest their players, but but they haven't. They they've named pretty much a, a full strength team. Well, hello, Mal. All right, we'll try and get Mel back on the line, 1313.55. If you've got some questions for him, when we do reach him back, uh, 0467 736 736 is the text line. Uh, let me see. Murray has said, hey, Ben, as much as the Ecker is iconic, wouldn't it be listed historically? That'd be a major drawback, wouldn't it? Uh, Murray, you're right, it does have heritage listing and there would be that would be part of the construction costs. I think that would be part of the construction issues. But I think that would also be part of the beauty of having it at the Echo, that the old john McDonald stand have that spruced up keep that heritage listing keep part of it keep that history a brisbane institution hosting a brisbane institution like the first test uh mel have we got you back there on the line
5: it's i've had a shocker this morning ben <laughs> that's right I'm, I'm much i'm much sought after this morning mate so i apologize for that uh, no, that's okay. That's
2: okay. Now, where was my? Oh, my question to you was: um, we, we thought Penrith may go down the same path and rest their players, but they haven't. Nathan, Cle- uh, Ivan Cleary has named a full strength side, including Nathan being there.
5: Yeah, um, I think they're in a different situation to Brisbane and Storm. Um, they've they've lost Jerome Luai last week yeah, to that shoulder injury, and I think they need to. You know, have Jack Cogger in there playing with their best players. Um, so I, I think that's probably the more the thinking um, around them picking all their all their players. They've mm. rested a number of their players you know, in the last month, which has been well managed, I reckon. And um, I just think it's around a cohesion thing going into the finals for the Pen for the Penrith Panthers. And that's what I keep going back to Ben, it's it's horses for courses individuals for individuals in the club and what they actually need at this time of year to get them at their best when it comes into the finals time and um, yeah it's it, it really is that there's no conspiracy it's um, you know what's the answer well i don't think there is an answer you know rugby leagues are a tough a tough game and um, you know players carry injuries you know right through the whole year and if they get an opportunity to rest uh, before you know the big the big uh, big games, I think that's a really important um, strategy you know, going forward. One of the theories
2: thrown up, or one of the fixes thrown up, is having a buy round before the finals like the AFL does. I'm not a fan of that, but no, no, but no. It, it, it could stop.
5: If, if you were opposed to resting players, it gives the players an automatic rest. It does, but then, you know, so if you're a team like in the bottom four, as an example, and... Uh, you've got momentum like the Newcastle Knights is a really good example yeah uh, the sh- the sharks have got their beaten last week but they had momentum leading to the last game uh, that would be they would affect them adversely I believe so yeah I mean I just keep coming go keep going back to uh, horses for courses really I just keep going back to you know, um, getting your teams best prepared for that first week of finals, and some teams need momentum. Some teams needs to rest rest their players. Some teams uh, need to, like the like the uh, Penrith Panthers, need to uh, get more cohesion because they they they're missing one of their their key players. They need that. So there's a whole heap of reasons why you know teams do what they do, and um, I don't. I'm not a fan of you know, the weekend the week off. To be honest with you, I just feel that we need to have rugby league every weekend. Yeah,
2: here, hear. One player will be having a, a fair amount of rest. He won't be seen again for some time, as Jared will here at Hargraves. Seven yeah. weeks. Uh, he is now out. He, he rolled the dice, went to the judiciary, and it backfired. It looks like he's going to miss Vegas as well, round one uh, against the Broncos. Unless there's a loophole. Well, there is a loophole, and unless that gets uh, fired away, and it's the international calendar, Mel. Now, being yep. the Australian coach, I reckon you're the yep. perfect person to answer this. Jared Weir Hargraves could serve the bulk of his suspension for the Kiwis if selected.
5: That's right. Um, I'm either way on this. <laughs> I know I'm in the international space, but I'm I'm either way. I don't I don't really have uh, too much of a view, but I would think from a club perspective. I think that's what we, we look at. And when you look at the outcome, the answers, um, if the club's disadvantaged um, by it, um, like rep, so rep years as rep season. So you look at origin as an example. Yeah. Um, if a player gets suspended through origin, I, I don't think uh, the club should be penalized there. I feel that, you know, that should be served in origin. Um, so within a national program, that's at the back end of the year. So if a player gets suspended at the back end of the year, um, I'm thinking that sh- that that should be served through you know, your rep program. So, you know, I just feel that the clubs clubs should be the ones that uh, come in consideration what's the best outcome for them.
2: Uh, hang on. Are you, so are you saying you, you'd like to see Jarrett willhera hargraves actually play and suit up for New Zealand and have to serve yes. his suspension domestically? Right. So only in That's the right.
5: NRL? No, I, I'm, I'm thinking... Uh, I have had a good think about this. It just last you know, half hour or so. Uh, But I feel that Origin, if you get suspended through Origin, you serve it out in Origin. If you you get suspended from a club game, then you go into international program, Um, you're likely to get selected in there. I think you can serve your time through international games. That's what I think. So talk me through how that would work, Mel. Um,
2: and I guess when you look at who else was at the judiciary last night, Corey Horsburgh um, yep. may not be selected for Australia. And could I be so presumptuous to say that he may have been on your radar for the Prime Minister's 13? Is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So
5: I think I think that he's got uh, a number of weeks. So obviously he serves out this week and hopefully you know, the Raiders win uh, this weekend against the Sharks, they keep going. So they, you know, obviously they play the first week of the finals. So that's two games. Then um, they win again. That's three games, and maybe they get knocked out. I just feel that that you know he, the likelihood of Corey playing in the PM would be pretty good. So the fourth week, you know, or the third week, you know, gets um, wiped off because um, he would have been selected in the PM's game.
2: Okay, how how does that work? Is that something you've? I'm trying to think. I don't think that is something you've encountered before. Correct me if I'm oh, wrong. I think, but, no, yeah? I think
5: we have. We have used. We have used the international program before. Okay. But certainly, the, the PMs to, to. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think Lindsay Collins was one uh, last year. Uh, to be honest with you, so I think Lindsay served a, uh, one of the one week one of the weeks suspension that he was on, um, in the PMs, which allowed him to you know, be available for game one. Uh, well, no, sorry, game two in, in the World Cup. In the World Cup, okay. yeah.
2: Talk, yeah. talk me through. So, the, is there, is there paperwork involved with that? Do you have to go? Right, here's our here's our seventeen. Lindsay
5: Collins, you're in. Oh no, you're out. You're suspended. So do you put a line through. Like, how, how does it? No, it's just under direction from the National Rugby League. And yeah, okay. Obviously, yeah. So, uh, but it says precedent have been set all there. So, uh, you know, Jared, for as an instant, yeah, you know, they've got one more week. He's got was how many weeks he got? He's got six weeks or seven, something. Seven, so, yeah seven weeks so you know as long as the roosters keep going well you know that's he's serving his suspension then the likelihood of him playing in the international program is very very high so there's three games at the end of the year so there's three games that's wiped off his off his suspension because i think i think you know rep programs obviously um are valuable and when you finish your career that's three less games that jared plays you know so It, it's something that's a, it's a personal achievement and because of his of his misdemeanor obviously last weekend that you know um the you know, he, he misses out on, on those you know, representative games. I think that's that's fair. Thirteen
2: thirteen fifty five, O four six, seven, seven three six, seven three six Melman Ingram, I guess, is he is er- every Wednesday. Matt, let's just actually step through Corey Horsborough and Jared be at I- I've got no I've got no issue with Jared getting four weeks for what he did taking out Api Korosau, but Corey Horsbrough, how does he get yeah. how does he get the same penalty for what looked like a, just a
5: good shot? I don't know. I don't know. I I thought he had a really good case. I didn't even see it through the game. I was there live and he wasn't even penalised in the game. So I've got I feel really uh, disappointed for for Corey. You know, they thought they had a really good case. It was reported obviously you know, through the course of the of the the hearing that, you know, the, the case was presented extremely, extremely well. So, yeah, I'm baffled by how he gets that time. Uh, for that particular incident, incident, um, yeah. So consistency, mate. Eh? It's, uh, it's there's something there's, there's something needs to be done for someone like Corey to get four weeks for that incident mm. in the game. You know. So I'm. If you're Don Ferner at Canberra, baffled.
2: If you're Don Ferner at Canberra or Ricky or whoever makes these calls,
5: do you appeal it? Yes. Oh, he's important. He's an important part of the team and. I think he's got a legitimate case. Uh, and I think everyone realises that, Jave you, know, you, you mentioned yourself that, you know, how do you... It's, it's baffling how he gets that amount of time off for that, that incident mm. um, when he wasn't even penalised, wasn't even seen in the game, you know. The player got straight back up again. I don't, don't quite understand. He looked like he was going... The contact was made, you know, front on. It wasn't side on. He uh, didn't have his arm cocked. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure.
2: An important part of our team is Mal Meninga every Wednesday. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every single day. Uh, Ron has been prompted to pick up the phone and dial 13 13 55. Uh, Ron, very good morning to you. You're on with Mal.
7: Uh, Good morning, uh, Ben and Mal. Just uh, a point, mate, with selections. Like when the New Zealand uh,
3: people sit down to pick a side, surely they can't pick a man that's suspended. He's he like- able to be be he, he's suspended
5: no I agree with that no I agree with that but the likelihood of of um, Jared, Jared beating the New Zealand side um, is pretty high I'm just saying that um, as priest has been said before where uh, players missed international games and, and sometimes the whole series because of suspension um, I think you know if, if Jarrod wasn't play if Jared was playing, <laughs> Uh, I've got no doubt, and you know, I probably asked Michael Maguire this, but I've got no doubt that he get picked in the New Zealand side. So the likelihood of him playing would be very, very high, um, and I think that that's fair. You know, so he gets because of suspension, he gets to miss out in international yeah. program. Uh, if he didn't do that, well, then um, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be um, taken out of national program. He just should serve those suspensions with the club. That's the other. That's the other answer. But I feel that. Um, he, you know, he, his career, his career is obviously. You know, when he sits down and, and looks at his career and looks at the end of the the end game, um, he misses three games for New Zealand. I think he'd be you know regretful because of that. Thirteen
2: thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Mal, that's what I was asking about the um the, the logistics of it. Because say if it was a player that may or may just be friendly, like do you have to do you have to qualify them? To say, I agree, yeah, yeah, you, you have to put a case forward to yeah. say, oh no, he was in my, he was, he was, yeah, was well, Corey's a,
5: Corey's a really good example. Yeah. Um, the likelihood of Corey playing, uh, in the international program, uh, for the Kangaroos would be low, you know, so, um, there's a few players probably in front of him, but for the PMs, yes, there's the likelihood it would be high, so Jared would be high, you know, so mm. I just feel that, yeah, there's a, there's a, a barometer I guess of management about whether that player should would be with the likelihood of him playing, you know, for his country, um, you know, that's that's the that's the decision you gotta make. And it's like I said before, it's there's been precedence and then you know some some players have you know that uh, the decision's seem been yes, yeah, he would would be likely to play for his country and there's been a whole heap of, you know, players that have said have said no to, you know, because the likelihood is very low.
2: Mel, I reckon we've got time for one more call. Jamie has jumped on the open line. Uh, Jamie, what's on your mind this morning? Oh, hello, Jamie. You yeah. there? There we go. Got yeah, him now. Him, yeah, go for it.
6: Yeah, Jamie.
2: Yeah. yeah, mate. Just want to ask
3: Mel about, like, wrestling players. And that. What's your thoughts on the feeder clubs of these, of these sides, mate? They're, they're obviously going to be affected by it in their final series. What's your thoughts there on that?
5: Oh, well, yeah, that's... Uh, that's the the bugbear, I guess. That's the negative part about resting, resting players. Um, but then you ask the players, you know, themselves whether they, they want to play, you know, first grade or they want to play in the, you know, in the um, Host place Cup. You know, so I know it's finals time, but I think we made the comment before that, in Storms' case as an example, and yeah, we know the Sunshine Coast Falcons are playing this weekend. Uh, if they get through that game, you're healthy. You know, why can't they back up? You know, I just feel that that's probably the best solution. Um, but if I'm a player, you know, Jamie, you put yourself in a situation. I'm playing host plus all, all year and, you know, obviously I've you know, formed some really good relationships and cohesion in that footy team, but I get an opportunity to play, you know, first grade for the Melbourne Storm, you know, under Craig Bellamy. I'll be jumped, I'll jump at the the fact that I could do that. I could do that on a, on a Thursday. I'll, I'll play my best and I'll you know, do as, as as great well as I possibly can, but then I would. I would look after myself really well and go play for the Falcons on the weekend. Outstanding stuff. Jamie, thank you for the call.
2: Mal, you've been ever... Ever um <laughs> generous with your time. We've been going for 25 minutes. How good is this? Oh, and you've God, got what's going on. I know, hey, but this is good. It's all part of the conversation. And I know tomorrow you'll be backing it up with a throwdown from midday. We cannot wait for that. Uh, Malmaninga joining us as he does every Wednesday. Mal, we will chat again next week when we're into finals. I love this time, yeah. of, year. Mal it's a great Men... time of year. Ben. It is. Malmaninga, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Try the new fragrance, DC 10 by Dan Carter, new and exclusive to Chemist Warehouse. It's just $49.99. It is 25 minutes past 10.
4: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for
1: 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings Mornings with with Ben Davis 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 on SENQ. Welcome to the Space
2: Slam and Sam channeling his inner seven-year-old with Space Jam there because we know the boomers are back at it at the World Cup. They took down Japan 109 to 89. It was Australia's biggest ever score. At a World Cup, Josh Giddey, Xavier Cooks, they went to town. Double-doubles from both them. Josh Giddey coming into this match under a fair bit of, well, a fair bit of criticism uh, for being asleep at the wheel in that loss to Germany. Uh, We'll get the thoughts of Nathan Sobey, a former teammate uh, of Josh Giddey, or at least at the boom. Actually, no, Nathan Nathan Sobey kept Josh Giddey out of that Olympic team didn't he, that won the rose gold, won the bronze in Tokyo. Uh, Cybers is getting ready for the Brisbane Bullets in their pre-season. We'll touch base with him in just a moment. Having some of these texts coming through, uh, Adza said on the caller earlier saying that the Gabba redevelopment is all about cross-river rail. Well, of course it is. You need to get people in and out as quickly as possible. If you build a new stadium somewhere and don't upgrade or rebuild it, it will become a white elephant for our city. It wouldn't get used as a new stadium, bigger and modern compared with the Gabba. It would take all events. Well, that's exactly why the Gabba is being redeveloped, knocked down and redeveloped, not refurbed or renovated. It was Troy from Woody Point who called in earlier. He said, well, why not QE2 Stadium? They're ready to go. Well, that's the issue with QE2 Stadium. How do you get people there? There is no rail. I mean, we're talking about buses, but come on. The roads suck as it is. We know that. It just takes forever to get around this city. So adding more buses, more traffic. It's the only way to get in and out of QE2 Stadium. So right there is, yep, ruling a line through that. The other one he threw up was Toomble Shopping Centre. We've got to flood proof it and building a new state. Well, there's no infrastructure there at the moment. I know they're, they're raising the gabber, but Toomble's great for that area. They've got an under village, But, I mean, that's already been and undergone that urban renewal, that area. This is about unlocking... The Gabba, unlocking that precinct and tying it into the city. Because as Greg Swan from The Lions said, it's about game day experience. You've got to be able to go to bars and restaurants and do things afterwards, don't you? 6, Uh as I said, it is World Cup season, not only in basketball, we've got the rugby coming up. Uh what else we got? Cricket. But right now it is basketball and it's timely because we are about to hit the NBL preseason blitz on the Goldie. One man who's itching to get there is a good friend of the show. Uh, he's also a movie star, part of the Boomer's Rose Gold Doco that hit cinemas last week after their Tokyo Bronze Heroics. Nathan Sobey, very good morning. Have you gone to see yourself at the movies yet?
9: No, I haven't actually. We've actually been on team camp and stuff and been away and um, I haven't had the chance to get in and watch it, but I'll I'll plan on getting in this week um, to be able to see it.
2: What what about mates? Have they given you any reviews or anything like that?
9: Uh, Yeah, I've spoke to a few people and they've they've said it was unreal. So um, yeah, really keen to get out and and have a look at it.
2: (laughs) It's always one of those funny things like who, who would play you in the movies, but you're actually playing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
9: yeah no. it was um it, it's pretty cool actually um yeah i can't wait to see it
2: well mate coming from rose gold uh, at tokyo and uh, the olympics um we are now going for gold at least that's the aim uh, when it comes to japan and the world cup uh last night a, a great win over the host nation as well especially after some criticism falling to the uh, falling to the germans
9: yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I don't think a lot of people understand how hard international basketball is and um, how strong of a team Germany was. And we definitely had our chances to win that game. And um, I think they'll look back and sort of review that and find their ways to be better from it. And I think playing Japan last night was showed a little bit more uh, moving forward um, with a strong win, which will, which will be great for us moving into the next uh, round of games.
2: I know Brian Gorgian was talking about the start and, and, and it was obvious for everyone to see that the Aussie start had been a bit slow, but bringing Josh Green in to, to to change up the the starting five, it gave an impact. And Josh Giddy too, after copping so much heat, uh, have fired up.
9: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, there's some criticism there and a lot of people um, don't understand um, the context and sort of the international level of it and, Yeah, I mean, Josh was huge last night. Um, Josh Giddey, uh, in terms of his playmaking ability and able to score the ball. And um, I think, yeah, like you said, changing the lineups and stuff with Josh Green, bringing some energy, um, getting after it um, on both ends of the floor really helped us.
2: Uh, Nathan Sabi, my guest this morning. uh, We will talk some bullets in just a tick, mate. But Slovenia is next up for the Boomers when it comes to the World Cup. Uh, a, A team, you know, all too well from Tokyo.
9: Yeah, it'll be uh, obviously a big game, um, and yeah, it's it's kind of like a little rematch sort of thing for them, I say. But um, yeah, I think the boys will be pumped up, ready to go to to take care of business.
2: You'd have to think so. What type of test do they bring? I mean, we, we saw the boys yourselves get the job done in that bronze medal match at the Olympics, but shutting down someone like Big Luka Doncic. What what Doncic? What's the what's the key to that?
9: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a thing of actually shutting him down because he's so effective and um, able to hurt you in so many different ways. But um, just being able to make everything as tough as possible over the course of 40 minutes, I think, is what you probably need to try and do. And I think we've got the guys to be able to do that with rotations through it, with Matisse, Josh, a bit more length with Gideon, all them guys as well now. So um, I think... Just wearing him down over the course of forty minutes will will be the thing that they'll be trying to do.
2: T- take us inside the camp, mate. You know the, the the feel and the vibe that someone like Patty and and the other senior players bring. What will they be talking about today? How will they be bringing everyone's focus back together? Are there little little idiosyncrasies or things that they do to try and even just take your mind off off playing in such a big tournament?
9: Yeah, I mean they'll go and hang out and just chill out for today and probably have some review and training and stuff. But um, yeah, I think their focus will be just on what they need to do as a group um, in order to be uh, as as successful as they can. But um, yeah, they just bring a level headness Um, just been around for years at the highest level played in the fever and uh, international stage for so many years now. So um, they just bring that, i guess calmness to the group and experience more than anything um they obviously basketball speaks for themselves on how good they are on that front but um yeah in terms of just being able to remind the group um what it's like to be in these sort sort of situations and stuff um will be the biggest thing
2: what's chilling out look like what is what is a day what is downtime? is is it people go their separate ways or do you stick together and, and and do stuff as a team
9: no, I'm pretty sure they'll all be hanging out, a few coffees um, throughout the day and sort of just have a joke around about whatever it is and, and talk a heap of smack and enjoy the day, really. But when it's time for trainings and, and review and all that, everyone will be locked in.
2: All right, mate. Well, let's talk domestic season. Back at the Bullets, um, you've got a new coach at, at the helm. You've got a bunch of new players. How How is the new look Bullets looking coming into this summer?
9: Yeah, it's been um, a really big change for us, and it's been a great change. We've got um, obviously, like you said, Justin's come in, and he's really um, taking us in the right direction. And um, it's it's been it's looking really good for us in terms of both on and off the court um, for bullets. So that that's the most exciting thing.
2: What's the biggest change that Justin that, you, that you've seen that you can feel that the vibe, whatever it may be, that Justin ha- has brought.
9: He's just bringing uh, like a strong direction of, of where he wants to go and what we're trying to do. And, and obviously that is to play the playoffs and like everyone else, try and compete for a championship and win that. But um, yeah, his standards and communication um, from day one has been unreal. And um, that, that's that been the, the biggest thing for what we've needed um, in terms of a group to just continue to hit at where we're trying to go and what it what it takes to get there. And he's obviously come from a, Uh, successful background down in Melbourne and um, he's brought part of that but also a sense of what he wants to do as a head coach.
2: One thing you can't coach is height. Talk us through Rocco. He is someone that is just, you can't miss him. He's what, 17? Has he turned 18 yet? Rocco Zakarski?
9: Yeah, I, I don't think he has yet. Ah, uh, yes, he has. Sorry, yeah, I, I'm mistaken that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's all yes. right. He can he can
2: he can celebrate then in you know <laughs> with 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 a couple of cold ones and after a game.
9: <laughs> but yeah, he's a he's a giant. Um, he's he's fun to be around as well. He's he's a he's a funny guy, the big fella. So he's got a great sense of humour. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely a a giant human, and yeah, you definitely can't miss him.
2: Seven foot three. He just—he'd be ducking through hall. He'd be ducking through doorways. How does he fit on a plane when you have to travel?
9: Yeah, I mean, you have to have exit rows and stuff. Um, so yeah, he'll definitely need some extra leg room. That's right. for sure.
2: But, but is he someone that? I mean, how do you how do you utilize that talent? So young, so raw, but uh, so God gifted.
9: Yeah, I mean, you just—it's. Kind of just go out and play and, and do what he does. Um, he's, he's good at what he does and he uses his size to his advantage. And um, yeah, I th- I think the the future for him is so bright and he just continuing to learn from guys like Bainesy and Tyrell and stuff now as well, which is only going to just keep um developing him and he, he's he's going to be something to be reckoned with in the future for sure.
2: Right, well, the preseason blitz is on uh, middle of September. It kicks off down, down on the Gold Coast too. And, and you know what? There's, there's chat, isn't there, about a, a Gold Coast team coming back into the NBL, which uh, for me and fans, that sounds like a good rivalry for, for Queensland, for Brisbane at least. Um, your thoughts?
9: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great for that rivalry and um, being so close to us, um, it would, it would spark up that rivalry even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gold Coast is obviously competing and so are some other uh, areas as well. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping that they do get a team, but um, we'll see how they go with that. But really the blitz is going to be great down there. Obviously, a lot of teams will like to come up and, and, and have some of that uh, Queensland weather for a couple of weeks and enjoy the beach and stuff, so it'll be great.
2: All the best, mate. Nathan Sobey there from the Brisbane Bullets uh, heading into the pre-season blitz. We are seven away from 11.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at
4: hostplus.com.au.
1: This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. If
4: you would be my bodyguard, I can be online. Call you Betty. Betty, when you
2: call me, you can call me out. Yeah, 131355, that's the number to call. You can call me anytime, you can call me out, you can call me whatever you like. Ben Davis with you until midday today. Uh, we do have that family pass to. The NBL preseason blitz on the Gold Coast. Get your basketball fix from uh, September 16. That's when it kicks off. Uh, it's going to be an epic year. The Bullets, as we've just heard from Nathan Sobey, they are geared up. They've got a new coach. They've got one of the tallest players rumping around and romping around in the league as well. I'm going to say that Troy is our clubhouse leader at the moment, even though I didn't agree with what he had to say about uh, where instead of the Gaba that they should redevelop QE2 Stadium and Toomble Shopping Centre. That was one from left field, wasn't it? I love the fact that he was thinking. I love the fact that he threw it out there. Maybe you agree with him. 131355 uh, 0467 736, 736. Uh, I'll get to your calls in just a moment, but I, I do want to play something that has now been the topic of discussion for the last 48 hours. In fact, it's probably the biggest talking point in sport in this city right now. And it comes down to resting players. It's how I kicked off the show. Do you have a problem with it? We know there's 18 regular first graders missing from tomorrow night's blockbuster between the Storm and the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium alone. Now, now five of them are genuinely injured or or suspended. 13 players being rested. How do you fix this? Does it need to be fixed? Some have even floated a bye round just like the AFL. I, I think it's now time for a discussion around a buy round before the semi-finals. This mass resting of players is robbing the fans. But if there's a buy round, <clears throat> that doesn't mean they won't rest them still if they're still solidified yeah. in their spot. It, just because there's a buy round, it's not so much the
1: rest at this time of the year. It's making sure they're not injured.
4: Yes. It's yeah, making sure the
1: players on the field. I, I don't disagree <clears throat> again with that. I think it could work, but I, I, I think essentially it's not <clears throat> so much the rest.
2: All those guys aren't injured. No, but they don't want these guys injured heading into the into the most important games because they are. And so they what are they doing? Move. They're arresting them. But yeah, the by-round also yeah, takes the advantage insight. away
10: from the, as Gordy said, the teams that have earned the rest because, you know, the Panthers and the Broncos have put themselves in a position where they can take that chance. And, and you know, let's be fair dinkum about the race for the grand final. It's a Melbourne Cup. We don't celebrate the minor premiership as we do grand final mm. where some other sports do. But for us, it's you, you totally understand and it's justified that if teams feel that this is going to be the best way for them to perform in the finals, well, good luck to yeah. them.
2: Yeah, that was the crew on NRL 360 last night. Some valid points on both sides. Do we need to celebrate the minor premiership more than we do in NRL? I can't even remember who last year's minor premiers were. I'm sure it was Penrith, wasn't it? Yeah. But see, do we celebrate minor premierships? Do we celebrate the premiership? Do you have an issue with players being rested? Does it compromise the integrity of the competition? Does it compromise the integrity of the Q Cup? Because that's where these players are being lifted from. In a moment, I'm going to play you the head coach of Wynnum, Matthew Head. I spoke to him earlier today about Josh Rogers, the man who wears the Broncos number six tomorrow night. You'd have to say arguably Queensland's most famous footballing jersey. Who is Josh Rogers? What type of game does he bring? We'll find out in just a moment because right now I'm going to head straight to the open line because Mike was very quickly out of the blocks after the news. Mike, good morning to you. How's Callenbaugh looking this Wednesday?
8: Yeah, very good, mate. It's the poor man, Sonny Bank,
2: but, you know, we battle on. along.
8: Why did you pick up the phone today, mate? Yeah. Um, firstly, I'm... Glad to hear he survived the um, ether and you didn't get some sort of bubonic plague or incurable disease no um, the so ki- the
2: kids good. didn't the kids didn't fare that well, but um, we, we plow on
8: um, I just got interrupted. I had to go into an appointment when you were talking about the gabbit mm. now is Mike Kaiser is he the one pushing for the refurbishment rather than knocking it
2: down no so so mike kaiser and just no, to I just to know so. what he being he's the director general of state infrastructure so he, he explained to the senators who are asking why why are we spending all this money and he yeah. went through the option so he said yeah the the, the yep. cheapest option is to refurb and reno yep. but right. that has a lot of risks costs could blow out and you are limited with what you could do. So if you spend a bit more, half a billion more, this is what we're looking at right what? now, knocking down the Gabba and revitalising the precinct. So that that was him just... That wasn't an yeah. opinion. That was just him counting.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah.
8: Oh, okay. I um, I thought he might have... I'll try to be nice. I thought he might have for once come up with something positive, um, but I'll <laughs> leave it at that. But... Um, as he sits in his um, nice job there. Uh, but I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a traditionalist. So I'd, I'd be more in favour of just... I think the dab is a fantastic thing, and, yeah, to knock it down, see, that wouldn't be my preferred option.
2: Mike, I'll give you an insight into what the Gabba and where it is now. And they're, they're talking about end of life and they're talking about how it's, it's not going to be fit for purpose by the time 2032 rolls around. Just an, just an anecdote, and something I probably should have asked Swanee, uh, Greg Swan, the Lion CEO, when I spoke to him uh, in, in the first hour of the program. The, the way it's designed right now, there, there is, because of the grease traps that the different food outlets and kitchens have at the Gabba and the way it's designed, and maybe it was a design flaw, maybe it's something that's blocked or whatever. If you've ever smelt a grease trap after the gases have been trapped there for a while, it is is a smell that would outlast religion, in the words of Kenny. Down in the Lions rooms, I'm talking the gym, the warm-up area, the Lions area at the Gabba, when you go down there, after that, has been locked up because they're now out at Springfield. The smell coming out of the, the grates, the, the, the drains, it, it is ordinary. Uh, it is. Yes, SVU and every other scientific forensic team needs to get down there. Look, that, that's just one. That's just one thing. And it's something they can't fix. They can't dig it up. Well, they can. They can knock it down. When the Gabba in its current existence was designed and built, it was the 90s. Remember 95, the Dean brothers came in, knocked it down. This was built for the Sydney Olympic Games and to host soccer. It was before Wi-Fi. We've seen the lights go out the Gabba at a number of times because that's the wiring. And look, that's a very simplistic approach, but that's just the way it was built and designed. There's so much, the technology has evolved, that the infrastructure has evolved. There is so many things that the GABA, through no fault of its own, it's just time. It's now obsolete. Think of a home and a kitchen and a bathroom or whatever it may be that you designed and built back in the 90s. Things have changed now, haven't they? Still a good house. But can it put up with the demand of your growing family that's where we find the gabba right now so it's going to get money spent on it do you do a reno or do you knock down and start again that's the big question and that was the question that the senators put to the committee and those who were paying and designing the olympics i.e the state government and the state government ran through the numbers 2.2 billion was the cheapest outcome $2.2 it's a hell of a lot of money. But we know it costs a lot more now to build things, to reno things. But when you reno something like your house, let's put it back to something that we know about. When you add or take away from an existing structure, that structure gets compromised. Things change, plans change. When you pull a wall down, all of a sudden you go, oh, there's something here we didn't count on. And the risk of costs blowing out on a refurb or reno, That was the issue. It may have been on paper $2.2 billion, but it was so much more risk involved in costs blowing out than just knocking down and starting fresh. The other side to it is knocking down and starting fresh. You can do the whole precinct. The big hole in the ground now that they're digging for the Cross River Rail, which will be complete soon, link that up all the way down to Wellington Road. Stretch it out across Main Street link up walkways and parklands and and everything else to make a precinct come alive. If you've lived in this city long enough, you'll remember South Bank before Expo. Did you go there? Of course you didn't. Unless you worked in that industrial area, unless you, well, were part of the wharves or moving containers or or, or something like that. Look at South Bank now. It's a destination. It's unlocked this city. It's it's the potential. This is South Bank 2.0. So that is the reason why the Gab is being knocked down, to have that urban renewal, to to, to make it more than a stadium. The stadium's the centerpiece. It's like building a house and not doing the landscape. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. We're going to get to a tennis update very shortly, but I did promise you, Matthew Head, the coach of Winham, to to explain to fans a little bit about Josh Rogers, the man who'll be wearing the number six for the Broncos. I mean, what type of player is he? Uh, he's a 5'8". eight. Is he got a good kicking game? Is he got a good running game? This is Matthew Head earlier in the program. Yeah, well, he's, he's all that.
3: He's um he's a very controlled footballer, and um that's probably what you need at the NRL level. Not much phases in. He's quite quiet um, with his approach to a lot of things but um, he's, he's, his biggest strength certainly his running game and um, it's something that we always talk about each week with him, of, about making sure that that's, uh, that's on and he brings that to the game. But he's got a nice little short pass um, and his kicking game is, is quite controlled as well. So he'll certainly do a job for the Broncos and, and that's why he's been picked. Obviously, uh, they're resting a few players but you can't rest players unless you've got the next one ready to go and um, Josh has had a great season for us here at Wyndham Seagulls, and um, he's ready for the ready for the occasion. And I'm sure he'll do a very good job.
2: Uh, the defence is always it doesn't matter what number uh, you've got on your back. Defence is always big, but especially when you are playing in the halves, you're going to be a target for the edge, aren't you? What's he What's he like in, in that role?
3: Yeah, he's all good. He, he's a big body, so he, he's certainly going to, um, you know, his, his, his shape and his body size are certainly going to help him in that sense. He's not a little fella where. They can pick him out and target him. Um, he'll he'll stand in front of him and he'll make his tackles. Um, you know he'll turn. It's his first first game of NRL, so he's going to have a lot of adrenaline about him. And
1: yeah.
3: um, he's a strong boy. He'll, he'll get the job done defensively. There's no concerns
2: there. And again, as I said, you, you don't get picked in NRL unless you uh, you've got the ability to do it. There we go, Matty Head, the head coach of Wynnum. He's had Josh Rogers under his control for this year. Now he hands him over to Kevin Walters in the Broncos tomorrow night. Thirteen we'll take you to Flushing Meadows, the US Open on the other side
1: of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This, this is Mornings, mornings with, with Ben Davis, Davis. on SENQ.
2: Uh, 21 minutes past 11. We're going to head down the M1 very shortly. Touch base with the Titans ahead of their doubleheader this Sunday on Father's Day. But right now, let's take a trip over the US. The US Open, Flushing Meadows. It's all happening there. Day two, the US Open now streaming on Stand Sport. Every match ad-free. And, of course, the centre-court action is in 4K. We are speaking to SB... <laughs> Excuse me, SEN's tennis expert, Brett Phillips, all thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, a-A-T-C dot tennis is what you'll find there. Uh, BP, uh, I'd love to say good morning to you, but it hasn't really been a good morning for Australians at the US Open, has it?
10: No, they're not as uh, much as we'd like. Uh, we'd lo- would like to clean sweep, but we weren't going to get a total clean sweep with two Aussies playing each other, but yeah. the only two through, uh, look, great to see Alex Demon all get through. He's our top hope and We'd hope he'd at least uh, survive a round. It's pretty tough out there on the men's circuit. He took on the world number 129 uh, today, Timothy uh, Skatov, who actually played at the United Cup in your neck of the woods earlier this year and uh, representing that mighty tennis country of Kazakhstan. I'm not saying that sort of tongue-in-cheek. They are actually uh, really developing as a tennis nation. Um, and, look, he took a set-off, Demon. Uh, that's not a disaster, but the way he reset Demonor all was uh, terrific. So... Yeah, good to get him through. Uh, Chris O'Connell beating Max Purcell in the All-Aussie Affair. Yeah, really good win for Chris. I mean, he's a he's, he's a great story, you know, uh, where he's come from and the struggles to get to the top 100, developing a little bit later. And, you know, he's closing in on the top 50. So today, Max was 43 in the world. He's uh, Chris at 69 in the world. There's little that separates that in terms of talent. And Chris, you know, gets home in four, elevates himself to 61 in the live rankings, and I think that probably spurred him on, looking at you know Max Alexander Vukic and a couple of others, Jordan Thompson, inside that top 50. I mean, this is where I should be. So he played a terrific game today. Uh, a couple had to pull the pin, which was unfortunate. Jordan Thompson with an Achilles issue at the end of the first set. Uh, so he doesn't retire too easily, Tomo. He's built pretty tough. And Jason Kubler, Queenslander, came out with all sorts of strapping everywhere. Uh, there was strapping on his knee, upper leg, two games, and he just didn't look like it. He was hobbling around in a medical timeout, uh, pulled the pin early doors in the second. Uh, James Duckworth, yeah, lost in three as the lucky loser, getting a reprieve. Uh, Had two set points in that second set tiebreaker, but just couldn't uh, square it up, and then the game sort of got away from him. And Alexander Vukic had the toughest day uh, playing Alexander Zverev, the yeah. former world number three, who's yeah, won everything in tennis barra major. So look, did a pretty good job. Uh, there was you know, it was only three breaks of serve that separated uh, that pair. So that's sort of the yeah, the Aussie lot on
2: day two. Yeah, geez, that doesn't all go well for Jason, does it? We know he's been plagued by injuries throughout his career. And we we saw over the last well, last summer he he started to fire up and said, Here we are, we are back in business and I'm over those injuries. But um now it looks like yeah. they may have got the uh, the, the better of him. The better of him. Who do we look out for yeah. t- tonight and tomorrow?
10: Well, Carlos Alcaraz is playing right now. could be a quick night. Uh, What's, we've that, shirt? Seen, What's uh, that shirt? What's that
8: shirt Yeah, well,
10: you know, when you when you got that sort of rig, you know, you can just do anything you like, Ben. Nah, you he, 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 he's on he's the peak of his powers right now. Uh, he's on early because Venus Williams, I don't know, surely it's got to be last US Open. uh went down 6-1, 6-1 in about an hour. So Carlos in control, uh, three games to one. Uh, The other highlights of today, uh, John Isner, 38 years of age, his last US Open, winning through to the second round. Maybe he might have a Jimmy Connors run in 1991 at 39, making the semis, who knows? Uh, Medvedev today, he'll play Chris O'Connell, the Aussie, in that second round. So Medvedev today on centre court, 1-1 and love. I mean, there's more women's matches that go longer and people saying that women shouldn't get paid as much as the men. So let's
2: put that argument to bed because there's been a few lopsided, one-sided men's matches today. BP, thank you for the update. Um, we will hear you throughout uh, the day here on SEM. Brett Phillips, our tennis expert the US Open, day two, of course. It is streaming on Stan Sport, every match ad-free. And we do speak to Brett, all thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, (AATC) dot tennis. Uh, I'm sure you'll see this on the news tonight, but Alcarez is wearing the, well, I guess a shirt that was probably popular back in the eighties, muscle shirts. Did you, did you you have a muscle shirt during the eighties? A mambo muscle shirt. That was the go-to, wasn't it? Uh, It's got some interesting patterns, but the bike down the other end, the German copfer who is playing, it looks like a licorice all sort. So there are all sorts of fashion statements happening at Flushing Meadows right now. You've got the, um, yeah, You've got the licorice all sort playing, uh, playing Alcaraz. So, who's been toppled as well? Number one by uh, Djokovic over the last 24 hours. Uh, 26 minutes past 11. We, we've got the Aussies in action as far as T20 cricket is concerned in South Africa. <coughs> excuse me, it's in the wee hours, <coughs> excuse me, in the wee hours of tomorrow morning where Mitch Marsh is captaining Australia. I, I love this story. Mitch Marsh, by his own admission four years ago, was the most hated cricketer in this country after the Ashes in England. But since then, he's won a World Cup for us in T20 in Dubai. That was amazing stuff. The redemption stories, we love that. Then he came in at uh, the third test in the Ashes, scored a century, was blown away. He was actually even part of that montage, which I will play to you again before uh, midday today on, on the Aussie cricketers and taking the... Uh, Yes, the PIWS out of uh, Johnny Bairstow after that dismissal in the lunchroom. But Mitch Marsh is captaining Australia in T20s against South Africa tomorrow. He's got three debutants in his side, including a Brisbane Heat player in Spencer Johnson. But before Mitch Marsh and this South African tour, uh, there's one day as to follow, and it all leads up to the White Ball World Cup, the 50-over World Cup. What is the new Australian captain trying to get out of this tour? Yeah, the
11: first objective... Is always to win. Um, You know, representing our country and playing against South Africa always provides a great challenge, and it's it's always fun cricket. Um, There's obviously we've got three debutants, and we've got some guys that have played for Australia before, but get get um, another call up into this squad, which is exciting. Um, And whilst we've got some guys at home with injuries and some resting, um, this provides great opportunity for um, for our young guys, and they've all earned their opportunity so um, we're really excited and uh, hopefully they can get a taste of winning games of cricket for australia
2: yeah mitch marsh new australian t20 captain uh holding the spot uh, for uh well actually no who is our t20 captain that's steve smith isn't it no cummins truth. hang on yeah no aaron finch is retired hmm mitch marsh is the man Mitch, the men. Ah, uh, look, of those three debutants that uh, he was talking about. And you know what? This, this is the part of Big Bash that I love. We get to see cricketers that we normally don't see because of the new format and the the the, the white ball format where where cricketers are now aiming their attention to. We get to see players like a Matt Short, uh, like an Aaron Hardy, like a Spencer Johnson for the Brisbane Heat. Spencer Johnson is one of the most exciting talents to come out of this country on the world stage. And he will be unleashed in international cricket uh, tomorrow wearing the green and gold. We saw him for the Heat with the breakout summer that he had um, as a death bowler, but also as a pace bowler. He puts them down at 145-plus. He can swing them both ways. He looks like Dr. Chris Brown. Not that that should come into it, but the girls, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He went over to play the 100 in the UK. In his first match there, where he gets to bowl 20 balls, he did that and ended up with the figures of three for one. Michael Vaughan was going, where is this bloke been? Who is he? Well, his name's Spencer Johnson. He's about to play for Australia, and the new Australian captain, Mitch Marsh, a big fan.
11: Uh, yeah, I think from our from our uh, point of view, we have no expectation. Um, we're excited that uh, to see a young man get play his first game for Australia. Um, he really burst onto the scene only last summer. He's had a few injuries over the last couple of years um, that have held him back, but um, he's a super talent. Uh, he bowls mid to high 140s and swings the ball. So, um, you know, my only message for him is has been to... Make sure he enjoys this. Um, playing for Australia is a lot of fun and um, he thoroughly deserves to be here. So um, we're all excited for him to uh, play his first game for Australia tomorrow.
2: Yeah, Spencer Johnson looking out for that. Aaron Hardy as well, one of the great fielders when it comes to Big Bash and Matt Short. What a season he had opening the batting. In fact, he will be opening the batting for Australia and you think that uh, uh, um, uh, Spencer Johnson on the back of that, who Travis Head yesterday likened to Mitchell Stark. He's a left armour, bowls them quick, swings them both ways. So this is Mitchell Stark 2.0. He he is uh, going to open the bowling for Australia tomorrow. So Matt Short, Aaron Hardy, uh, Spencer Johnson. Look out for those names. White ball cricket returning. I know, it just doesn't stop, does it? Uh, I'm sure Patton Heels, they'll definitely have an update on the outcome of that tomorrow morning. Look at the time, 11.31. That means Vanessa standing by with a news hit.
4: Working nine to five—what a way to make a living! Really getting by—it's all taking and no giving. They just use
2: your mind. Working nine to five—surely if it's good enough for Dolly Parton, it's good enough for the Bulldogs, right? Well, maybe not. Yeah, the Bulldogs miss—and. I... I've, I've resisted until this time to, to weigh into it. We've been hearing Cameron Serraldo talk about it on, on the news, but it's just a basket case. And, and, and every day we hear something new coming out of the Bulldogs' kennel and how bad it's going there. The, the latest, of course, is the player who, not yet named, but apparently turned up to training late. He reckons he didn't, but he turned up to training late and he was made to do, well, punishment. Not a code red sort of a uh, few good men style. No, no, he was made to wrestle 12 of his teammates one at a time. So maybe it was wrestling day, maybe they had to do some extras. I'm okay with that. If there's a code and you break it, sure. But the other one with the text message circulating around, the Sydney Morning Herald this week revealed text messages had been sent claiming players had voiced concerns specifically around requirements of being available to train from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., or what most of us, what you and I call a work day. Mm. And actually, in fact, that, that's, probably, that's probably cutting it a bit too fine, isn't it? A- eight to five. H- hands up who actually works eight till five. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot longer than that, isn't it? Mm. But no, 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 when you're on pay packets that we can only dream of, and again, I don't begrudge you that because your career is short and it's what well, someone's willing to pay you, but you can't be having a hurt over being required to be at work and train between 8 and 5.30. Yeah? Yeah, exactly, Dane Coles. I bet you you're not complaining. No, All Blacks, they don't complain much, oh, except when their former coach goes to Over the Walls. Uh, but I I, I I, digress. I digress. Um, oh, actually, hang on. Hello, Razor. A very good morning to you on 13.13.55. Danny,
12: good morning. How
2: are you? Uh, all the better from hearing from you, Razor. What's made you pick up the phone this morning?
12: Well, that's the spirit, mate. At least you're looking good. <laughs> anyway, did I hear the Bulldogs coach say nothing comes from
2: hard work? Well, you need hard work, don't you? I mean, I've got no issues with is Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny, Razor? Isn't it funny that the teams are always complaining about getting trained too hard are the ones that are always sitting at the wrong end of the ladder? But anyway, move on.
12: Isn't this the country that awards people to sit at home and get a rock and roll for nothing? You're
2: yeah, doing nothing? Yeah, no, that's fair. Nothing yeah. for country, mate. No, that's
12: probably why they're sitting down the bottom of the ladder. Anyway, mate, I've, I've read you. I've been away for a while. I just thought I'd come back and say hello. And um, I just wanted to talk about all this carrying on about the Storm Broncos game and these people saying we're getting robbed of a game this Friday night. There's mm. 30 players on a list, Ben. They're professional con players. They're contracted to play for both clubs. Yeah. If if the club gets twenty two injuries and they've only got eight players, they've got to recall on other players. So why are they saying we're getting robbed? They they are senior contracted players.
2: And they're the ones that are I on the understand. fringe. Yeah, they're the ones on the fringe. They are part of the the top thirty. Hey, Raise it. You, you've got a really good point. I I, I just. And look, if the players were injured, you get that and you take that on board. It just There's something about it. I get the tactics. I get the man management. I get why they're doing it. There's just something, and it was Kemi touched on it yesterday when he spoke to Patton Heels. There's something just a little bit, you know, it goes against the grain. It goes against competitive nature of actually sitting someone down when each week you just want to get out there and put your best team, your best foot forward and do the best you can for the jersey you're wearing and the club you're playing for. And that's not saying that these blokes won't do that. It's just as a coach, when you've got to pick that team, surely you pick the best players available. And that's what Kevy's had to resist to on the management side of it to, to give his players a rest. That, that's what sits uncomfortable with me. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. I'm not going to the game tomorrow night. I'll be watching it at home. But if you are and you paid your hard-earned, do you feel robbed? 13 13 0467 7367 36 proud sponsors of little legends we are doing it this. Uh, we are doing it this morning all thanks to them which is outstanding uh, they are supporting grassroots sports uh here in Queensland plenty of text messages to get through we'll do that uh, someone has asked about I I missed when you played the cricket a sledging against Johnny Bairstow. Well, it, it wasn't sledging. It was more recounting the story of what happened in the lunchroom after he was, you know, that that dismissal. Um, but it was kind of sledging without sledging, wasn't it? The Aussies, Usman Kawaja, Manas Labashane, Travis Head. Uh, who else was there? Oh, Mitch Marsh. Uh, they sat down with the grade cricketers for Channel 7 and the outcome was absolutely side-splitting hilarious. What we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll play that for you Straight after this. All right, let's head down the M1. It is a double header. Father's Day this Sunday for the Titans. They've got the Bulldogs uh, in the NRL. But before that, it's the NRLW taking on the Tigers. And I have got their captain on the line. It's a very happy Wednesday to Georgia Hale. Hello, Georgia. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, no, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, I want to ask you very quickly before we get into this weekend's game. You, you've spent some time in the UK playing over there, haven't you?
0: I have so I'm thoroughly enjoying this thirty degree winter weather we're having here on the gold Coast.
2: <laughs> I can imagine what what's the what's the standard like who were you playing for?
0: I was playing for the Leeds rhinos um yeah, really fortunate landed at a great club um they're definitely in a stage of development. The girls over there they're so interested in the n r w space um lots of opportunity, I reckon, for the girls to be heading over and joining the competition in future seasons. Um, Yeah, there were some really competitive teams, but just lacking a little bit of depth, so hopefully the Australian template can help them a little bit.
2: Yeah, awesome, awesome. Now, we can tell by your accent, you are a Gold Coast local, i.e. a a Kiwi, so that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) no wonder wonder you're loving uh, these temperatures here. Um, But moving from the Warriors to the Titans, I know it's been a, a while, but you've also just gone around the globe to play as well. I mean this is all part of the the modern day uh for the modern day player, isn't it?
0: I guess so. Yeah, I've just been really fortunate. Like it's a game that gives you so much and for me like I'm kind of in the middle of my career at the moment. I've already seen quite a bit being able to travel, um, live in different countries, and really fortunate to have landed here in the sunny state
2: I'm on the Gold Coast. So I
0: look here to be here for a while.
2: All right then. Well, let's have a look and focus on this weekend. What's happening on Sunday? Uh, it, the competition is such that uh, one loss and one win, you can shuffle in and out of that top four. You can jump around the ladder. You're sitting in second spot right now. So well, third spot, but tied. Third, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but tied for second. So basically, one win out of out of first, which is absolutely outstanding. What what threat do the Tigers bring to the coast this weekend?
0: Yeah, um, new side to the competition. They've uh, worked in the Harvey Norman space, which is New South Wales club competition for a few years. So they're a gelled side, like they've had a lot of time on the field together, and they've got some um, high-calibre players that have you know reached the highest of honours and. In our game, so you know, I'm sure they'll be bringing their best thought. It's also an interesting time of the season sometimes when teams have like a lot to play for and then not so much to play for. So, hence some of the upsets and score lines and things. But, um, we're excited to be at home on Sunday. I'm sure there's going to be lots of fans out, um, families out to watch us, which we're stoked for. And, um, yeah, I'm sure the the Tigers will give us a good run, but, um, one that we're ready for.
2: Yeah, now what about coming off the Dragons last weekend? Um, (laughs) nail biter. Nail biter, it, just quietly. One yes. point in it.
0: Stressful being a um, NRW Titans supporter, I'm sure. A game of two halves. Uh, we hope to be a bit better for that this weekend. We did get a fast start, but lost our way a little bit there in the end. So that's definitely an area of focus for this week's preparation. Uh,
2: yeah, but in saying that, you still found a way to win, which gives you, well, a, a better... Look, What's well, a four and two now, isn't it? After six games, four wins, two losses. It very easily could have been split.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we've been in that uh, position a couple of times this year where it has been close on the scoreboard and we've found some grit and some grind to work our way back. So I think it just kind of shows the attitude that we're building, um, you know, up at Titans and the the kind of calibre of players we have. And yeah, we roll up our sleeves attitude and just get to work and jobs not done till that last whistle. So it's helped us in a few cases.
2: Yeah, and how much does Lauren Brown uh practice those field goals in training because was that that was her that was her second match winning field goal this second. year yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah we we don't actually want to be putting Lozzie in that many positions um to be put, finishing off for us but she is very good it's definitely um one of her skill sets she's a crafty player and that's something that um you know, she that tool she adds to her kit, so we're very thankful for. But, yeah, hopefully it doesn't come down to that in future weeks and she can just save that in her back pocket.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. So w- when you do practice them at training, when she practices them at training, is it just trying to slot them from wherever out or do you actually do match sim scenarios where – while I'm tipping as a middle, you'd just be bearing down on whoever's got the ball trying to prevent a <laughs> real goal
4: being kicked, yeah?
0: Yeah, we we just have to kind of get to a point for her, to, you know, a good point for her to kick from. But um, yeah, Lauren has a background in Rugby 7, so that was definitely a skill set that they'd practiced and worked on. So it kind of now comes naturally to her. She does... Um, she does like to slot a few in at training and we have actually put ourselves in a couple of simulated positions where we've been like, you know, in a training situation where even on the scoreboard or even with, um, you know, a player down and things, you just, you're just you not sure what the referee and the bunker are going to give you. So we're, we're prepped yeah. for everything and anything, but um, yeah, Loz is very good at doing that.
2: Outstanding stuff. We wish you all the best against the Tigers. It, it's going to be a – well, it could be a, a season-defining weekend, a chance to lock down that top four spot, and it's going to be tight on the ladder either way. Uh, Georgia, appreciate your time. Good luck against the Tigers. It is the Titans' captain in the NRLW, Georgia Hale. Uh, Titans double of this Father's Day. This Sunday, the NRL boys are against the Bulldogs. Uh, the NRLW, as we just said, against the Tigers, if you
1: want to be part of it, pretty simple – Get your tickets, titans.com.au. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I want to go out on a high
2: this morning. The Brisbane Lions have put up the other famous jersey in Queensland. Dev Robinson's torn jersey against Collingwood up for auction tonight at their Hall of Fame Awards. It's online if you want to put a bid on it. Right now, it is sitting at $6,100. Yeah, so the next bid's got to be six two. The money is going towards Jared Berry's Marathon for Mum campaign. It's raising money and awareness for, well, the Breast Cancer Network Australia. We know that Jared and Tom, uh, Joel, their other brother, lost mum 10 years ago to breast cancer. And Jared Berry spoke yesterday about how his mum's... Words, her resilience, her strength still resonate with him every time he takes the field. And Dev Robinson, his teammate, has said, mate, this jersey, this jumper, I'm gonna put it towards you and your mum and your marathon. So this the final word this morning to Jared Berry from the Lions.
11: I always tell the story about mum texting me from a hospital bed and saying, get up and do something, don't waste your talent. Um, and that's you know sort of where I learnt to, to work hard and Hopefully people can see that out in the field.